have a, a uh, I just want to tell you that Thursday night we had 80 people staying here. We had 206 people on Friday night. And uh, they're still lifting people, airlifting. Because of the rain, they've had to stop doing airlifts uh, up the canyons. But it's estimated there's still a couple thousand people up there. And so just pray that God can get them here and that we can get them uh, the help that they need. We've had a couple hundred volunteers. You know, Serve 6-8, you guys, these red shirts, let's say thanks to Serve 6-8. They have just <laughs> over the top. Pray for, obviously, the flood victims, but these first responders, our sheriff, uh, Justin Smith, has been amazing, our police, medical teams, pilots, firefighters, National Guard. And I'll tell you, they're hands-on. They have all come to this facility. They've addressed last night all the, all the folks that were here, and they're just wandering around and, and offering help, and our city leadership teams have been here, and so it's just truly been remarkable to see our city come together to make it happen. Well, I want to I dive in with uh, the rest of this story that we're talking about. We are in the middle of a campaign as a church to get some things done. That is to plant a church and uh, to remodel our facility for youth and kids and to challenge you to begin tithing. One of the things that we learned years ago in planting Timberline Old Town and Pastor Darren, who's the pastor there now, is every church morphs into its own little world. And we're so excited about that. When we planted that church and we've watched how God's using that place, um, we watched Win Windsor Campus when we planted Windsor uh, a couple of years ago. And we've seen now seven to 800 people every weekend going to that church. And by the way, some of you have asked because of this campaign, um, is the Windsor Going campaign over? Yes, technically by date it is. And we also were able to take some money out of our reserves and completely pay all the debt off of that campus. So we are debt-free from that Windsor campus. Praise God. They are strong enough financially that they are now taking the next three years to replenish that those reserves uh, in our account. So we thank God that we don't have to pay any interest any longer on that. Well, the latest story is this amazing story of the Hunt Club and what's happened there. And uh, we're about to dive into that story. And it's a God-sized story, and I need you to listen carefully. We, next weekend, will be focusing on youth and, and children and showing you pictures of what we're doing and all the stuff we have going next week. But today, we're really focusing on this particular story. Aaron Bekela came into my office about four years ago. He had come to Christ. He was in a journey as a new believer trying to say, I really don't want to do this anymore, and I want to see it change. He told me he owned the Hunt Club, which is a strip club over on Link Lane, just the other side of Mulberry. His words were something like, I really want to get this closed, sell the building, and move on with my life. It was really touching to me to see how God was so real in him, and he, he was so tender-hearted and so broken by all of this. There was a lot of shame, a lot of humility, a lot of embarrassment, and yet God had his hand on Aaron, and little did I know that forward four years, we would be <laughs> having this exact conversation, and we are purchasing the Hunt Club and turning it into another campus, and we are excited about that. So here's what we're going to do. Um, Aaron, his wife Stacy are here and their kids, and actually a sister and, and a mom drove in from Nebraska. 
we just want to say welcome to uh, Timberline. We're really happy. We said, Rob, we need you on the, on the stage telling your story. He said, okay. And then we tried talking to the story. And <laughs> the problem with, with Aaron is that um, he cries a lot. <laughs> He's got a big tender heart. And uh, we, we just knew we would never get through the story. And so we, we did it on video. And they're going to come up at the end. And then Pastor Rob is going to lead the new church. They, guys, that's really exciting for me. He's one of my very best friends, and I love him and believe in him. He's been our executive pastor all these years. We're going to miss him at this campus, but I'm glad we get to partner with him there. So then he's going to come up and share his vision and passion for what this new church is going to look like. When you watch this video, I'm challenging you to watch it carefully and to listen to what Aaron says a couple times about sometimes how Christians perceive themselves versus how non-believers view the church. Uh, night and day. We can learn. This is a learning moment for Timberline. So let's pay attention. Why don't we start with uh, the fact that you, for a number of years, were part owner of a strip club called the Hunt Club here in Fort Collins. And talk a little bit about that. How did you end up being a, uh, an owner in a strip club? Um, well, I guess the easy answer to that, or the quick answer, for me personally anyway, uh, would be my dad. Um, the only thing I, I ever knew my whole life was was strip clubs. Um, it's all my dad did while I was growing up as a kid and, and to the day he died about five years ago, a little over five years ago. So you grew up in the in the industry. You were around it all your life, most of your life? Uh, yeah, as long as I can remember. Wow. I, I didn't know him to do anything different. I know my, my siblings, I'm the youngest of seven, but um, <clears throat> I, I know we did other things before that, but that was all I knew. Wow. What, what's that like? I mean, what was it like growing up as a kid? Uh, it, most of us would know nothing about that. What was that like for you? Well, I, I, uh, I guess I don't know how many 12-year-olds would know what a, what a locker room uh, full of perfume, perfume booze, and, and cigarettes smell like, mm -hmm. what wow. I did. So you grow up, and your dad passed away how many years ago? A little over five years ago. Five years ago. Okay. And, the, and so then the business is passed on, I guess. Is that, that what happened? It's something like that. Okay. Yeah. And so you and your brothers are, are in the business together, running, running this strip club. Life, life is good for you. Life is frustrating for you. What, what's, what's that feel like now that you're kind of one of the ones in charge? Um, well, by that point in time, I, I had already kind of, I don't know, maybe been um, exposed to Christianity because when my father was alive, it was a very taboo thing, was not accepted, was, um, you know, almost a, a sarcastic thing where you'd make fun of it and roll your eyes sort of thing. Um, and unfortunately, I, I, you know, I, in that, that early period of my life, I came across a lot of... Um, very religious people yeah. that, I mean, they could quote scripture, they could, I mean, but unfortunately they were anything but Christian. Mm. Wow. And, uh, and, and it just, so for me, it just facilitated that like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm happy, you know, but you know, most guys in there, I mean, I was in my mid twenties when I got into the business and, and, uh, you know, the money end of it and stuff like that. I mean, you take a guy basically 25 to 35, I mean, it was longer than that, but you know, 
where you have money and you can go hunting with your brothers and they're in the business too. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it's just, it, it was a very normal thing, but, um, the one saving grace to the whole thing was my mother. Really? Um, I, I look back now and, and, uh, you know, I didn't see it then again, but now that I look back on it, um, I mean, that, that woman was a tie that binds, really? you know, she, uh, I mean, she's a she's a just a beautiful woman, but she's also a very sturdy woman. Yeah, you know, and and uh, she they divorced when I was a senior in high school. Okay, and uh, you know she she had a rough go of it. Yeah, um, she previous to that had had kind of turned to religion, and and it's a huge part of her life, and and has been since. But I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for that, wow. I, I don't I don't know that I would have really given it a chance. Yeah. I just don't know. Wow. Thank God for her. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> yeah. We were at shift change at the club and I'm I'm just sitting at the desk uh, doing the, the paperwork for the first shift. Um, and she just said, Aaron, can I ask you something? And I I don't know, sure, go ahead, you know. Yeah. Um, and she says, Well, I uh I promised my mom I, I, I would tell you this. Yeah. And, and so I was like, okay. As soon as mom and a, and a dancer and me running the club comes up, you kind of get a little gunshot. <laughs> that usually but, doesn't go well. Well, me. yeah. And, and uh, so anyway, and, and, but no, that's what she said. She says, well, I just promised her that I would tell you that her and her lady friends have a prayer group at Timberline Church and, and, and that they're praying for you. Wow. Had you ever even been here? Uh, no, no. You've never even been to Timberlake no, I No, I, I don't. You could probably count the churches I've been on in one hand. <laughs> yeah. But at any rate, um, and I just, I don't know, my immediate thought was, just please don't ask me to go to church. You know? like, is that what's coming? You know? and, and she didn't. And, you yeah. know, and, 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 and I just, I, I, I will tell your mom thank you. I mean, I, I knew it was a nice yeah. thing, a nice gesture yeah. or whatever. But um, this was, gosh. 15, 20, I don't know how many years ago. It was quite wow, some time ago. a long time ago. Wow. And, uh, but yeah. You and know, that stuck with I, you yeah, when you but get I, this yes, flyer. Yes, and, and, and that, my mom, my brother. Yeah. I mean, there's there's all these wow. subtle or not so subtle nudges of, you know, my brother, he gave me a Bible. And wow. he was like, Aaron, I've never asked you to do anything. And, and I'm not, I don't care when you do it. Yeah most popular book in the world, number one seller, however he, you know, qualified yeah. <laughs> it. Um, and he said, just read it. Wow. You have to read it now. You don't have to, you know, but I mean, and that was a good approach for him, you know, and, 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 uh, and I did. Wow. I did read it. Wow. Um, the Old Testament was a little much. Um, <laughs> yeah. I wish I would have started with the new, but, uh, but I did. I just started page one and read through. Yeah. Um, and, and, and all of this was kind of coming together at the same time. Okay. And that flyer comes in the mail. Well, it was right in a transition period when my wife and I were moving. And um, I don't know how or why, but the first one got thrown away. Huh. And so I, you know, well, whatever, no big deal, you know, and just go about our lives as, as regular. Well, we, um, we, we got a second one in the mail. And so I was like, you know, I know this is crazy. I mean, I, you know, am I going to ignite in the seat when I go to this thing? I mean, how is this going to go? You know, like just sit there and, but I was curious, you know, yeah. I mean, I couldn't say I wasn't. And, uh, you know, and that's, uh, that's what we went Yeah. and, and, uh, make a long story short through that. I met three, uh, three very Christian pastors, very wow. Christ-like. Wow. Um, 
I uh, ultimately ended up talking to him. Um, while I was running the club, I was doing Bible studies with one. Um, the other one of the other ones baptized me. Um, the uh, and and the third one, he he was the first one to talk to me. Wow. I mean, he just, you know, I, I, but it's because of that true Christ-like, you know, I came for the sinners, not the righteous approach. Yeah. That that helped me with the understanding that everything I learned the first 37 years of my life, that's not what it is at all. I wow. mean, it's just this, you know, mass media type spin that they like to put on everything and, and everything in our culture that I was exposed to. Um, that's not at all what it is. Wow. That's, that's incredible. What a great story. So you what, talk about, let's fast forward a little bit to what led to the circumstances of you and I meeting. Well, um, as, as I started getting an awareness, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, just I, I used to always call it a gut feeling, like yeah. I just this is what I should do or I shouldn't talk to that person. And, and I always felt like my intuition was pretty good, you know, and, and uh, it had always served me well to that point in life. And, and uh, I don't know, you know, I, I, now I look back on it and I, and I get it. That's yeah. gut feeling and, and intuition is 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 code for Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and it just starts moving in you and, 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 uh, you know, it was a bumpy path. Yeah. There, there were, there were times where going back to the, the nice house on the hill and the motorcycles and the, all that good fun stuff was yeah. that's, that's the easy thing to do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd be lying to you if I didn't bounce back and forth between the two. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, and then that's actually one thing I'd like to clear up too. You know, yeah. one of the things that I've come across over the last week is you know the the mega church taking over or whatever. Yeah. And and you know that I approached you. Yeah. I came to you. I came to Derry. I've, I've talked to Derry now on and off for years. Yeah. Um, and uh, at any rate, um, as as it was coming together for me, I just you know. How do you do this? How do I how do I get from point A to point B to point? I mean, there's a lot of steps involved. Yeah. Um, for starters, I was I, I owned the club at that time. Yeah. Um, and and there was a series of events that took place. Um, it was I I think I mentioned to you that 10 day period. Yeah. yeah. Where I was I was just searching. Yeah. You know and and uh, I tried to sell the house. I had applied to school and was accepted. Um, I, I was trying to do everything I could do to get out of the business and it wasn't happening. Yeah. Um, and, and I was frustrated and I woke up one morning and, and, um, I just was in the shower and I'm not typically a very emotional person, but, um, I had a tough go of it in the shower that morning, yeah. you know, and, and I mean, literally sitting there and just, what do you want from me? You yeah. know, what do you, meaning God, what, uh, my point of view yeah. in, in my boldness was I upheld my end of the deal. Where are you? Yeah. I'm doing everything I can do to get out. I'm trying to sell and that, you know, yeah. and nothing was happening. Wow. And, uh, I think as I told you before, I rather colorfully let God know that. <laughs> yeah. You um, kind of cussed God out a little bit. <laughs> well, I, 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 I told him what I thought. <laughs> um, and he could handle that. But, but you know, uh, while I wouldn't recommend going that route about it to, to someone else, um, for me, in hindsight, I, I think what it was was it, it it took that level of brokenness for me to tell him, 
you do it, yeah. I'll just say. Um, for his, And I think that that was finally it. Yeah. And again, in hindsight, I look back at it, you know, I'm trying to sell my house and I'm trying to get out of this business and I'm going to go to school and, I'm, you know, I'm accepted now, and I, you know, and, and, and all these things. Well, that was all me, myself and I. Yeah. I'm doing this and I'm doing. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I, I think my intentions were good, you yeah. know, but at that point in time, my, my mindset was more just to sell the businesses and, and sell them to whoever, you know. Yeah. And what had happened is, is we had one of the one of the big chain clubs where the deal was literally on the table and they were going to do it. Um, and at, at like literally the last moment they pulled out, huh. um, there's, there's no business model that would tell you why they pulled out. Yeah. Um, it was a, a good deal in that sense, but they did. Yeah. And yeah, and that was quite a tailspin there for wow. a while, you know? And, and, uh, so when I, I had that shower and I just, I don't know. I guess for me, in my mind, I was just like, either I'm staying in this or, or, or you do it because yeah. I can't, obviously I'm not going about this right. Yeah. So, um, I got out of the shower. I went into the, to the kitchen and just started kind of gathered myself a little, uh, went into the kitchen and turned on the computer. I was going to check my mail. Um, got, got coffee going just, you know, normal morning. Yeah. And I sat down at the computer and I had three emails. I don't remember what the other two were, but one was from CCU and it was the, um, <clears throat> are you coming to school or not? Because I, I was accepted like a year before that. Yeah. And they had extended my acceptance. But I just, I just, I didn't feel right getting baptized or going to school while I was legally bound mm. to that club. But in light of me making it clear to God to make it very obvious, I, I, I think my words to him were I want it on a big whiteboard, big bright <laughs> letters, you know, yeah. like make it obvious because I'm not getting this right. Yeah. You know, and. Um, and when I got that, I just sat back and I was, I mean, I hadn't heard from him in like a year. Wow. And I was like, okay. And, and I, I sat in the kitchen and still a little defiant. I'm like, all right, okay, I'll call him. I'll call, you know, well, in the same time frame, in that 10 days, I had decided to list the house, put the house, um, got everything set up with the realtor. This, this, that email, that shower thing was like early in the week, Monday, Tuesday, whatever. We listed the house on, I think it was a Thursday night, Friday morning people came, Saturday morning people came, and by Saturday at noon, we were sold at full price. Wow. But this was after having that house on the market the two previous summers and not a single offer. Wow. And so, you know, I'm humbling a little now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe, you know, and I, but then of course the, the, the defined old man in me, well, I'm still tied to this business. Yeah. I'm not getting baptized. I'm not, you know, and the pastor that baptized me always told me that I needed to get over myself. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, the, and, and again, those three pastors, they, they truly made a difference. Wow. But wow. Um, at any rate, so I called my brother. Yeah. Um, my brother owned part of the property that, that we're working on now together. And, and, uh, and I just told him, I'm, I'm like, man, you're not going to believe this. You know, I, I, the, the house sold, you know, just done. And he's like, oh, you, wow, you just let, you know, and I told him. And then I kind of alluded to, you know, I got an email from school, you know, and, and, uh, and he just said, he's, Aaron goes, you really do want to get out of the business, don't you? And, you know, like I told you before, yeah. if I could reach the phone and smack him in the back of the head and, <laughs> You think? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, this is what, you know. And so he just ran an idea past me. You know, why don't we swap? Huh. Why don't I take over the business and you just have the property and you can go do your thing and, you know. And, yeah. And, uh, and he told me, he's like, I don't really know that that's necessarily fair dollars-wise or whatever, but uh, 
you know, uh, I don't know, we can come up with something. I said, that's fine. Huh. You write it up, I'm done, I'm wow. out, I'm, you know. And so from that Monday to say the following Monday, within 10 days for sure, um, I was going back to school. I had called and I had talked to who is now my advisor, just a wonderful woman, Professor Franz. Um, very helpful for someone who'd been out of school for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I, I called, I had an interview with her to get set up to get everything else lined up. Um, the house was sold and now it's a formality and I'm out of the business. Wow. So that's um, amazing. Long story short, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, it was a sequence of events. It was um, something that built, I think, over years with, with people, you know, little subtle mustard seeds, if you will, yeah. here or there. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of yeah. came together. And that's how we met. I mean, you had talked to Pastor Derry, and he and Pastor Daryl and I met you at the club because you had said, we want to close the business and sell the building. And we were there to look at it mm -hmm. uh, with the idea of, of putting a, a church on the north side of, sure. of Fort Collins. Well, one last thing. I just tell us just a, just a little bit uh, briefly about what you're doing now, because you're you're kind of on a whole different trajectory. Oh yeah, now. yeah, you, you know. And back when that happened, um, I did start school. I, um, I go to CCU now. I'm, uh, oh, I have, I'm, I'm a, an internship and a few classes away to get my master's in counseling. Awesome. Um, yeah, it, it's wow. it's I. I We'll just say I get a lot better grades these days than I used to. I'm, I'm optimistic. I maybe found my niche in life. Um, yeah, and, and uh, just trying to, you know, I, I I think a lot of it is is when you realize that you poisoned a community. You know, I know that God has made my head. Yeah. But I feel like I, I still have debt. Wow. And, uh, you know, to my mom, everyone, this, this community, um, you guys aren't the only church I talk to. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of, uh, you know, that, that's good, and we'll pray for you. And, and uh, you know, and I get it. I know churches have their agendas and things they're doing, you know, but I just, I couldn't help but believe that there was one out there or, or, or a group of or something that, that, that could help and get it done. Yeah. Wow. wow. Man, I tell you, I love you and appreciate you and cherish the friendship that we have developed and believe that God has great things ahead for you. Thanks for your courage. Thanks for your willingness to be transparent and share with us. Yeah. Bless you. <laughs> wow. Wow. anything Aaron hates it's all this attention <laughs> oh, what an incredible story I'm telling you he he's the real deal and getting to know him over the last four months and becoming friends uh, it has been a real a, a real blessing to me personally I want to share um, just a, a 
some words from a song that meant a lot. It means a lot to Aaron. He shared with me as he was going through all of this and wrestling through the, the challenges that he articulated. And literally, that video could have been an hour and a half long to hear the journey and the story of, of his life. But there's a song by Mercy Me that came out about that time. And I want you to listen to these words and think about the story you just heard and, and, and understand why they meant so much to Aaron. And, and even maybe you're here today and these words identify where you are. All right, I'm going to read them. I won't sing them so you can actually get something out of them, okay? Here's what it says. It says, I've been the one to shake with fear and wonder if you're even here. I've been the one to doubt your love. I've told myself you're not enough. I've been the one to try and say I'll overcome by my own strength. I've been the one to fall apart and to start to question who you are. Now listen to this line. I've been the one held down in chains beneath the weight of all my shame. I've been the one to believe that where I am, you cannot reach. But you're the one who conquers giants. You're the one who calls out kings. You shut the mouths of lions. You tell the dead to breathe. You're the one who walks through fire. You take the orphan's hand. You are the one Messiah. You are I am. And can I just tell you, what happened in Aaron's life is that God could reach exactly where he is, and no matter where you are, there is no place that God can't reach with his love and with his grace. The bottom line in all of this, planting this church, is that our desire is to plant a church in that building that will create space where stories like Aaron's can be repeated hundreds and hundreds of times over. That's really why we want to do this. And, and really no other reason. It's why we're part of a campaign like this. It's why we're asking Timberliners to sacrificially give so that we can, can seize moments like this and opportunities like this so that we can create space for students and children to, to know that there's no place you can go that God won't reach with his love and his grace if you just open your heart to that love that he offers. We want to help. We recognize that there are employees who have lost their jobs as a result of this. And while we, as Aaron said, have never sat around in a staff meeting talking about how we could close a hunt club or initiated any conversations or even really had any decision in when it would close or how it would close, we, we want to help because we care about those employees who now are unemployed. And so when we found out the day of that it was closing, one of the first things I did was to contact the Treasures Ministry of the Alpha Center, who I knew had connections with IBMC, the Institute of Business and Medical Careers, who have offered scholarship funds for former employees that worked there. Also, Keith James Salon Academy in Loveland has offered half tuition for former employees. Um, we've had a professional recruiter with the Treasures Ministry that has offered her services. We've had several career counselors who are making themselves available to help any former employees. And we've had a couple of donors who have contributed some finances specifically designated to help with education or job skills training or expenses related to a career change. Um, bottom line is we desire and we are prepared 
to journey with any former employee of the club that wants help through this transition, if they want that help. And I would just say, if you're an employer and you have opportunities we aren't aware of, you can let us know at the office or we put a website that we have facilitated for a long time. They're on the back of your bulletin. You can go there and post job openings, and people searching for work can post resumes, and we can get those two together so that we can help people, not just from the club, but people who need jobs. Some of you need jobs. And uh, utilize that website. That's what it's there for. All right? Well, I'm going to tell you just a little bit about the journey that I've been on and what has led from my end to what we are about to do. I've had many people come up to me and say, this is so exciting, and I, my answer is I'm so excited and so terrified all at the same time, because uh, it's a brand new adventure. Uh, but about five years ago, I went to a leadership conference, and I heard a man speak by the name of Gary Haugen. Gary Haugen is the founder of International Justice Mission, and his talk was about living bravely in, in the way of Jesus. And, and that talk just wrecked me in a really good way. And I, I've wrestled with it since I heard him say the words. And I look back on, a, on one of my journals, and I, um, I don't have very much in common with Dick Foth, because he's like so great, and I just want to be. Um, but I was so relieved to find out that he and I share something in common, because I asked him one time, I meet all these people who are so disciplined to journal like every day, and they make me sick. Um, <laughs> Actually, I just envy them because of their great discipline. But I asked Dick, I said, so Dick, do you journal? Hoping that he would say no. And he said, I have about 15 journals that all have about three pages written on them. That's it. And I'm like, yeah, me too. I buy a journal every year, write three pages and then lose it. Which, by the way, if you're writing personal stuff in a journal, you probably should keep track of where you put that. All right? So one of those journals, literally in 09, I found it. And look back on January 1st, New Year's Day, you know, it was a New Year's resolution probably to start journaling. I, I wrote at the top of that page this one simple question, what does it mean for me to live bravely in the way of Jesus? Because that talk had wrecked me, and God was just stirring things inside of me. I forgot I even wrote this next part. A month later, on February 8th, that shows you how consistent I was. It was only one page over. But on February 8th of 09, I wrote these words. I said, my heart quickens when I read or hear about tackling human need or issues of injustice. Maybe living bravely for me involves taking on or leading something in the area of tackling human need or injustice in Fort Collins. And I'd forgotten that I'd even written that and had no idea that, that this is what it would look like, what's about to happen uh, in my life. But as I have reflected over my life, I go all the way back 26 years ago when I first said yes to being a pastor, to full-time vocational ministry. My wife and I had been married for six months and so we didn't know how to be married. We didn't do pre-marriage counseling because I was actually a few years before that engaged to someone else. And we went through pre-marriage counseling and decided we shouldn't get married. And I wasn't going to take that chance with <laughs> joy. So ordinarily, I, I really encourage pre-marriage counseling, but I wasn't risking it. And so... We've been married for six months. We have no idea how to be married. And now all of a sudden, I was in electronics. I was a volunteer at the church. And the youth pastor moved into a different role. And I was asked, do you, would you do Bible college 
correspondence. This is back before you used the internet to do that. We were ma- I was mailing tests in and crazy. Would you do that and become our youth pastor? And I said yes, so I had no idea how to be a pastor. I had no idea how to be married. And we were in way over our heads. And for some reason, we just started, we just started loving students. And for some reason, I can't even tell you it was strategic, but God began to open the door for us to love some of the most broken teens in our city. I was going to the juvenile detention center every week and talking to students, and the gang members started coming to our youth group, and it, be, it was total chaos. I can remember breaking up gang fights in the foyer of our church. I remember one time my wife standing with her arms like this between two gang members getting ready to fight. She was raised with six brothers, so I'm actually a little afraid of her myself, so... <laughs> There, I was never worried, but that, that was just our world. It was out of control. Uh, I, I had, uh, sometimes there would be gangs that would drive around our church waiting for our youth service to let out because they wanted someone who was in there, and it was just crazy. I had parents who had rather sheltered kids coming to me saying, Pastor Rob, I don't think it's safe for my kid to come to youth group, and I'm like, it's not. <laughs> I agree. I don't think it's safe for me to come to youth group anymore. (laughs) But I don't know what to do. I don't know why God's opened the doors for us to love these students, but they're discovering who Jesus is. And maybe, maybe God never called us to be safe. Maybe he called us to be dangerous and to live bravely in the way of his kingdom. And, And so at the end of the day, this church plant for Joy and I is, is bringing us back to our roots and it's taking us back 26 years ago to when we said yes for the first time to be pastors and that's what we feel within our hearts. So along this journey a year ago, last April, I was invited to speak at a church in Ogden, Utah. And it's, it's a church that is, was planted by a teenager who was in that youth group of mine 26 years ago, or 25 years ago, when he was in the youth group, uh, when I first started, when I, and, and let me just tell you, when you've impacted someone's life and, and it's turned out good, it's like, oh, thank God for that one, that I didn't totally mess his life up. He, he's turned out all right. And he planted this church in Ogden, Utah. It's called Genesis Project. And it is going to the darkest places of Ogden and loving in very tangible ways the most broken and desperate people in that city. And so this new church, which we'll be talking more about in the future, is going to be patterned after that church, Genesis Project, in Ogden. That's what we desire to do. I'm thrilled that in July, my youngest son, Zach, became the youth pastor of that church in Ogden. And he's now living in Ogden and serving there. And they're going to help us as as we develop the, the strategy and the plan and the vision and all of that. Uh, we're excited about that happening. Let me, I, let me just wrap up. I have so many thoughts I could share with you, but I want to pay attention to the time. So Friday morning, this last Friday morning, I was privileged to go to a breakfast with several people and a man by the name of Bob Goff. And in that breakfast, Bob Goff said this. He's an author and an attorney doing, I don't have time to give you his bio, but here's what he posed, this question. He said, what if we stopped calling it ministry And we just called it Monday or Tuesday. Because that's really how Jesus lived. Serving people wasn't something Jesus did. It was actually who he was. 
It was in the fabric of who he was. What we want to do is we want to fill this open space on Link Lane with people, a community of people, who will live bravely in the way of Jesus, who will go to the darkest places in our city, and who will love the most broken and desperate people in the most tangible ways we possibly can. In a nutshell, that's our desire. And my, my son, Zach, who, who's in Ogden now, gave me this picture of what he thinks God is up to in our world. And it, it kind of summarizes, it's captured my heart, it summarizes what we want to do. He said, he said it like this, he said, he said, humanity is broken. We all get that, right? I mean, the reality is you don't have to watch the news to know that. All I have to do is look at my own life. And we kid ourselves if we think there's not brokenness in our own lives. We're all broken. Humanity's broken because we have strayed from our intended story. There was a story intended by the God who created us, and we've strayed from that story. And the result of that is brokenness. But God, in his amazing, scandalous grace, his incredible love, relentlessly pursues us to offer us a better story than the one we've chosen. Our desire is to just offer a better story the story God intended for us to live. That's what we want this church to be about. And so we're gonna close in prayer and then I'll give you some instructions both about how you can get more information about this church plant as well as the campaign we're involved in. But the way I wanna close, I wanna pray for two groups of people. I wanna pray for the Beckela family and I'm going to actually ask he and his wife, Stacy and their precious kids to join me, if they will, um, on the platform so we can pray over them. And I want to pray for people in this room who may find, you may find yourself in a very similar place to where Aaron found himself. You may feel like you too are under these chains of shame and you're in a place that God can't reach. And I just want to tell you, if God can reach into the darkness and emptiness that was Aaron's heart, he can reach into your heart too. He, he's just a moment of humility away as you open your heart to him. Maybe you even find yourself where Aaron was when you think about Christianity. And I got to tell you, unfortunately, many who represent or try to represent Jesus have really marred the picture of who Jesus really is. And maybe you've gotten a really marred picture and you've seen hypocrisy, you've seen judgmentalism. I just wanna ask you if you could somehow look past those of us who are still on a journey and we blow it and mess up. If you can look past people who've misrepresented Jesus and just see him, a God who knows everything about you and loves you anyway and wants nothing more than to just reconcile you to heal the brokenness that's what he wants to do I want to pray for you too so join me as we pray Father I thank you for this family God what a precious family this is thank you for their lives thank you for Aaron and the journey he's been on thank you for Stacy who has just stuck by his side and supported him and been there for him through this journey. Thank you, God, 
that you reached into the darkness of Aaron's heart and you made something new because that's what you do. And you have set his feet on a whole different path. I pray your blessing over this family. I pray that you would embrace them with your presence, that you would bless everything they do, that you would use them, oh God, in a great way. I pray, God, for the people whose lives will be impacted as Aaron pursues this passion to counsel and help people work through the baggage of life, work through the difficulties of life, and find hope. God, use him beyond what he's even asked for or imagined, I pray. And God, I pray for people in this room who find themselves in that place of desperation and brokenness, who may be realizing they want to live a different story because this story is not the one you intended. Give them the courage and the faith to turn from that story and to surrender their lives to you as author of a new story, to surrender to you as king and Lord, the only one who really is worthy of being king because you're trustworthy. And God begins something brand new deep within their hearts. I pray for new beginnings today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you join me in saying thank you to this family? Thank you so much for the courage. Bless you guys. I love you, boy. Proud of you. Bless you guys. <laughs> oh. Well, here's what we're going to do.